Shut up and sit down. You're listening to America's Podcast, covering America's team, with your host, R.J. Mack. Thank you, thank you, Cowboys Nation. This is America's Podcast, and I am your host, R.J. Mack. Wherever you may be in the world today, thank you very much for making us a part of your morning, your afternoon, or your evening. Well, free agency, we're already in the thick of it, and the Dallas Cowboys have done little to nothing about it. I am going to let you know that just about an hour ago, it was reported Alan Hearns has officially signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Alan Hearns, formerly with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a wide receiver who, decent speed, pretty good size, could end up being a a glorified possession receiver, I think. Uh, which is a term that is now being attributed to Des Bryant. And, of course, this uh, signing will match alongside with the Deontay Thompson signing, the wide receiver from the Buffalo Bills that the Cowboys have brought on earlier this week. Well, if you're angry at what you have been seeing or haven't been seeing from the Dallas Cowboys, you're not alone. Most of Cowboys Nation is pretty upset right now. They would like to see some more moves made. But... I'd like to propose the idea for a second that maybe, maybe this isn't what the Cowboys should be doing. Maybe what they're doing right now is exactly what they should be doing. And us as fans and as analysts, we are maybe not thinking long term or seeing the whole picture. First of all, the reason why Dallas hasn't been able to make a splash in free agency isn't necessarily because they don't want to. It's also got a lot to do with the fact that they can't. They don't have any money. Not only that, they have to think long-term about some of the money that is going to end up uh, coming uh, towards the franchise, money that they'll have to spend. Uh, Specifically, I'm talking about the contracts for Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott's going to want his money. Ezekiel Elliott is going to get his money. And then you have to think about some of the other players uh, on the team that maybe are on the cheap right now and haven't made as much of an impact. Uh, personally, I think about the secondary. You got guys like Chidobi Awuzie, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown. Uh, depending on where they go in the draft, there might even be other guys you need to consider who maybe not this year, perhaps not even next year, but immediately after that, some of these guys are going to want some long-term hefty contracts. And the Dallas Cowboys are thinking about that while they sort of restructure things. They restructured Travis Frederick's contract, uh, which is backloaded. From a short-term perspective and how the NFL works year to year, it's not a bad decision. From a long-term perspective, though, it can hurt your team a lot. Because what ends up happening is you owe a player a lot of money but he's not giving you anywhere near the protection or the ability, the production, sorry, not the protection, that that he gave you in the past. So that's where where we are right now 
with the Dallas Cowboys. There's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts, and I know people say that, and it usually means a lot about nothing. The fact of the matter is the Cowboys would love to sign somebody like Ndamukong Sue. Except that Ndamukong Sue has already come out and essentially said, listen, I'm, I'm looking to get the most amount of money. Scheme and fit are secondary. Money is the most important thing. If money is the most important thing to a free agent, the Cowboys are probably not going to be a destination. Now, a lot of people look at Earl Thomas and they say, here's a guy who actually wants to play here. Well, he's still under contract. And while the Seattle Seahawks would like to trade him and have reportedly put him on the trading block or at least are listening to offers, the report also came out that they're looking for a pretty expensive payment, something in the form of a first-round draft pick. Now, did the Dallas Cowboys get rid of the first-round draft pick they have this year and potentially another player for a guy that's going to give you an immediate impact but has a lot of wear and tear and probably won't be in the league for longer than five or six years? Or do you take that draft pick and you do something with it? You pick up perhaps a Vita Vea or a, a Will Hernandez or, if he's available, Derwin James. There's even some people who've said uh, maybe Calvin Ridley. Well, we don't know exactly what they're going to do just yet. The one thing we can say is that the Cowboys are not making the moves that perhaps people would expect them to make because they can't afford it, and it totally goes against their philosophy. One of the biggest complaints Cowboy fans have had is that Dallas doesn't have an identity. I know that was a big complaint during the 2000s, those uh, three 5-11 and 11 seasons in a row. The idea was is that this team didn't really have anything. They were just the Dallas Cowboys, but they didn't bring any substance to the table. That's changed. The front office thinks collectively, and when we talk about the front office, we're mentioning Jerry Jones, of course, Stephen Jones, Jason Garrett, and probably the most unsung but probably the most integral piece of the whole thing, Will McClay. Those four individuals sort of make up the brain trust of Dallas' front office when it comes to making uh, trades, when it comes to signing free agents, and when it comes to drafting players uh, at the collegiate level. So the belief is, the identity that this team has now is build through the draft. It's not a bad strategy. In fact, it's a very good one. So it's a very organic approach, which means homegrown. They bring in guys from the draft, they develop them, and they become great players. And if you look at some of the best players on this team, actually pretty well all the best players on this team came from the draft. You look at the offensive line, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith, you look at the, the backfield, you have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. You look at the wide receivers, Jason Witten, uh, Cole Beasley, Des Bryant, Terrence Williams. These guys all came from the draft. They weren't signed from other squads. They weren't big free agent signings. They were guys that they found at the collegiate level, brought to the pros, and helped integrate them within the system. And from that perspective, the Cowboys have done a great job. On the defense, it's the same thing. Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, David Irving. These are guys that were from the draft. They were brought in. Uh, some of these guys were rookie free agents. But for the most part, the NFL draft is where the Dallas Cowboys load up on talent. It's not a bad strategy. But when we look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who did the first thing that franchise has ever done last year, and that's win a Super Bowl, it's a lot different when you look at a team that just won the Super Bowl 
and did it in part by bringing in prized free agents. As opposed to a team that in theory, and not even in theory, in practicality, has a great philosophy of build through the draft, but hasn't even sniffed the NFC Championship in 20-some-odd years. There's something to think about there. It, it certainly has merit building through the draft, but what we've seen is that bringing in stud-free agents now and then is a great move. Now, the bigger problem for the Dallas Cowboys is, is not that they're unwilling to spend money in free agency or to go after free agents. They also simply aren't very good at it. If you want to look as recently as last year, they had Nolan Carroll, Stephen Paella, Demontre Moore. None of those guys are with the team. As of right now, not one of those three players I just mentioned, whom the Dallas Cowboys sign in free agency, is still a member of this Dallas Cowboy football team. So there's that also as an issue. The Cowboys just aren't very good at bringing on free agents. There's another issue with all of this. And it's a bit of a controversial one, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. A lot of people are expecting this team to do something because in 2017, they didn't make the playoffs. True. But let's think about it a little bit closer. We're going to get a little more granular. Ezekiel Elliott missed six games. Tyron Smith missed a number of games. Sean Lee missed games. They had Jalen Smith back there, essentially in his rookie year, learning, getting better, getting healthier. They had a a rookie secondary for the most part. Some people think Anthony Brown regressed. I think he just had a sophomore slump, which is something that happens. I think he'll bounce back next year, and he'll continue to play at a high level. You look at a guy like Dak Prescott, who had kind of been coddled in 2016. He had Ezekiel Elliott, a security blanket, and also a a secret weapon that wasn't so secret after a couple of weeks. But he had this great running game, this line protecting him, And he had one of the best wide receivers in the game. Dak Prescott entered the best situation. He took advantage of it with a great work ethic, with a desire to succeed. He bought into exactly what the offensive coaching staff wanted him to do, and it worked. And they went 13-3. and One year later, Zeke is suspended. You have injuries to key players. Dak Prescott is sort of being asked to put the team on his shoulders. He can't do that. He can't do that. He doesn't have that ability yet. Can he do that in the future? Perhaps. But a couple other things have come out in the last two years about your quarterback, which really defines your team in a lot of ways. Dak Prescott doesn't have great accuracy. So a lot of people think, get rid of Dez, go after someone else. There's a lot of rumors out there. I don't see anything that was particularly confirmed that the Cowboys had a deal in place for Sammy Watkins. I'm not a big Sammy Watkins fan. I think that he drops too many balls, although that's the knock on Dez sometimes. But when you look at everything, this team was not that different in 2017, personnel-wise, philosophy-wise, even scheme-wise, than they were in 2016. So what happened? Well, first of all, defense is caught up. It's a very simplistic offense. I think it was uh, Vance Joseph, the Denver Broncos, their head coach, the game, the just a couple weeks or days before the game, he said that the Cowboys, easy to understand, hard to beat. 
easy to understand what they're doing, difficult to defend it. And we've seen that a lot from the Cowboys because what they do is they use their offensive line to impose their will. And when you have that, it's sort of a demoralizing thing. It works well for you because the other team knows, okay, this is exactly what they're going to do and we can't stop them. When you have that mentality, you're going to lose. And that's what Dallas was able to employ several games in 2016. That's why they went 13-3. and But even in that 13-3 and season, if you had gone to a Dallas Cowboys game or if you watched any of the All-22 tape, you saw two things from Dak Prescott. First, sometimes a real lack of accuracy. And also, he left plays on the table, left plays on the field, meat on the bone, (laughs) as many of us are familiar with that term. What I mean is Dak Prescott would have guys that he can throw open but chose not to. Now, this is an interesting psychological thing because the dynamic is – Dak Prescott feels that receiver A is not open. Well, you can't really fault someone if they truly believe that receiver A is not open. The only problem is, not to compare him to other quarterbacks, but we'll just use number nine because he was here. Tony Romo sees the same receiver A and throws him open. He can see he's open. And this is particularly problematic when you think about Dak Prescott's number one receiver, Des Bryant. Tony Romo has said it more than once uh, during the 2017 season, and I believe he's already said it once since the season has ended. Someone asked him, uh, point blank, what can Dak Prescott do to improve? And Tony Romo said, you need to take advantage of this elite Hall of Fame level receiver that you have. I'm putting some words into his mouth. But essentially, the understanding was, Des Bryant is open, always open. Even when he's covered, he's open. When Dak Prescott applied that belief to uh, the offense that he could throw the ball to Dak, or Des rather, and he'll come down with it, he played well. Particularly, I think of the game against the Redskins in Dallas. He took advantage of Dez's size, of his ability, of his power, his strength. And Dez matched up really well against the Redskins defense. But here's the thing. Dez matches up well against most defenses. But you got to get the ball to him. You got, and a lot of people are saying that, well, he's not the best route runner. Well, he doesn't run routes. That's not his strength. His strength is, hey, throw the ball in my direction and I'll come down with it. So, pulling back everything that we've already just talked about, they bring in Deontay Thompson, they bring in Alan Hearns, two receivers, one from Buffalo, one from Jacksonville, guys who apparently can come in and provide depth, and perhaps maybe even build a rapport with with Dak Prescott. The biggest thing that has to happen here, for this offense to take a step in the next direction, Dak Prescott needs to trust Des Bryant. He needs to be more accurate. But he needs to trust Des Bryant. You do that and things start to fall into place. Because now Cole Beasley has a little more uh, opportunity. Now the field's opening up a little more because you got to stop that pass. But you also got to be mindful of Ezekiel Elliott. What I'm trying to say is 
this team already has enough offensive weapons. They just haven't been using them correctly. And that's on the coaching staff. The coaching staff needs to do that, and we'll talk about that in another episode. But the coaching staff needs to take what they have and creatively build something that defenses find a great challenge to face. And they have all the tools. That's on the coaching staff to make it happen. It's also on Dak Prescott to be accurate. Needs to be more accurate. There were too many games in 2017 where his accuracy was just awful. You could boil it down to mechanics. You could boil it down to ability and say, you know, look, the guy was drafted in the fourth round for a reason. All of these things could be the case. The fact is, though, he's got to make it happen. You can't be inaccurate in this league. That is one half of the equation, though. The other half is this. For the last, feels like five, probably more like seven years, this team has relied on the offense to win football games. The best defense in Dallas has been the offense. There is no doomsday defense. (laughs) There's the offensive offense, which is a silly name, but you get the idea. They had a great Running game established with an offensive line. They used DeMarco Murray. They had Tony Romo. And they won 14 games, I believe. No, sorry, it was 12 games. 12 and 4. I wanted them to win 14 games. But they have the ability to do some really crazy things on offense. And they've been able to accomplish those things. And it's taken away the pressure from the defense. That's done. That's completely finished. The defense now has to step up. Because you can win in this league with an okay quarterback. Believe it or not, you can even win in this league with an okay defense. But you can't win with both. And right now, despite your personal feelings about Dak Prescott, despite what you think he can do based on what he's done in 2017, And taking what he did in 2016, he's okay to good. He's not great. He's certainly not elite. He's okay to good. Okay to good, in my opinion, that's Andy Dalton. That's Joe Flacco. Ironically, Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton, we had it on the Instagram page a couple of months ago, had very similar seasons statistically to Dak Prescott. So there's a lot of similarities between those three quarterbacks. The ability is there. There's limitations. And if the team needs to ride this thing on his shoulders, they won't be successful. Not right now, anyway. Maybe that changes in the future. But right now, going to the 2018 season, the Dallas Cowboys need to get crazy on defense. And it's all there. If they can get a solid defensive prospect in the first round, I mean, let's just say what it is. If Derwin James falls to this team, or if they somehow maybe trade up to get him, you're looking at a vastly improved defense. You're looking at a defense that has guys who are going to make plays. I don't know if the interception totals are going to raise for whatever reason in Dallas. We're allergic to interceptions. But if we can get a secondary that starts to dominate alongside a defensive line that's going to be better than it was last year because of guys like Malik Collins who have been suffering from different things and haven't really had a chance to just go for it. Guys like Tyrone Crawford 
who, while he has been playing, has been battling a lot of injuries. Guys like David Irving, who now hopefully has his head on straight and isn't going to miss any real significant time and is going to put up great numbers. And then, of course, Demarcus Lawrence, who, for all intents and purposes, is on pace to have a great season next year. And this linebacking core, you got a question mark still, I think, in Jalen Smith, but he did a lot to alleviate a lot of the questions and concerns that fans and even the team had. He did something really special uh, last year uh, towards the end of the year. He became the guy that you expected this whole time. You have this defense that looks like it can do a lot of damage. Looks like it can be something really special. But will it be special? Who knows? We really don't know yet. But we're going to need them to be. Things are going to be a lot different this year because ostensibly you'll have Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott in the field together for all 16 games, barring any injury. You'll have Tyron Smith, hopefully a lot healthier than he has been in the last three years. Probably going to have to draft an offensive lineman, if not the second round, definitely the third round. And you almost wonder if if a guy like Will Hernandez is available at 19 in the first round, do you just pick him up? Depth on your O-line, if that's your team's strength. Whatever your team's strengths are, you want depth there. And that's the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. They lost Carson Wentz, but they had Nick Foles. The Cowboys is a totally different situation. You lose Dak Prescott, you have Cooper Rush. Now, I know Cooper Rush is a fan favorite. I've loved what I've seen from Cooper Rush so far. But there's probably a very good reason why he's not the starting quarterback right now. There's probably a, a understanding inside uh, the, the star that he's not ready. So it's good to have depth. The Dallas Cowboys showed some depth with the running back position, but there's no replacement for Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon Barkley looks like a great prospect. I don't think he's going to be better than Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see, but I don't see it. So there's a lot of things to consider. And finally, the free agents that they haven't signed. If you knew that bringing on Indomitian Sue wasn't going to bring a Super Bowl, or if bringing on Earl Thomas wasn't going to bring a Super Bowl, would you still be okay with signing them? I think a lot of us would say no. We'd say, well, forget it. Well, there's really no guarantee bringing either of those guys into the fold is going to bring this team over the top. I think the pieces are there. The 2016 season showed that. If the defense can step up their game and alleviate some pressure off the offense, and the offense can go back to what they were in 2016, a juggernaut, effective, moving down the field, with us taking a lot of pressure off the defense, this team will win 12 games. And they will get to the NFC Championship game. I don't know if they'll get further than that, but that is what this team is capable of. Roger Staubach actually said that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) We'll find out. But for now, this is why the Cowboys have not been aggressive in free agency. Because they can't financially. Because it doesn't really fit in with their philosophy. And I really truly believe that the Cowboys believe they've got the pieces. And I think they do. And I think that this 2018 season is going to be pivotal. 
because either everything will go into the direction that it should, or things will go south. Dak Prescott will regress. Jason Garrett will be out of a job. And the Cowboys will be in worse shape next year at this time than they are right now if those things don't come together. But I think Dak Prescott's going to work really hard. And I think he's going to have a lot less pressure on him. I think this team effort is going to be far more evident. I'm sure Sean Lee is going to get a hamstring at some point. (laughs) But this is a team that has to take everything they have right now and realize they already have a championship caliber football team. But they need to put it together. And they need the most from their most critical players. You know you're going to get it from Ezekiel Elliott. You hope you'll get it from Tyron Smith with the back you're not sure. You know Sean Lee's going to give you your best. I think the X-Factors are going to come down to guys like Dak Prescott. The X-Factors will come down to guys, whoever they draft in the first round, because I don't think they're going to go after a Taco Charlton this year. Not a project, not a guy that may not really have any any substantial impact until week 10. They want a day one starter who is going to go into his first game and wreak havoc. And I think the only way to do that is if you get a guy like Derwin James, who they may have to trade up for. The other question is, what if one of these quarterbacks falls to 19? Do you take him? They're not going to, but it's a question worth considering. We'll see. I know you're nervous. I'm pretty nervous too. Can't wait till 2018. This is America's Podcast signing off.